surprise, a surprise on a Sunday night. Oh, my goodness. Well, welcome Sunday night, Generational Change. I'm Jen. I'm Peter. And congratulations, Joe Manchin and the Senate Parliamentarian. You've accomplished something. Well, I I thought, given that they seem to have the most power in the Democratic Party, that that is who should run. That's who should lead their ticket. If, if Joe Manchin is the one with the power, why is he not in the ticket? So I'm suggesting that they go with a Manchin slash parliamentarian for 2024, because those are the two people, apparently, that have all power. Just saying. I'm um, I'm not surprised. I think we should all be um, kind of expecting this. I, th- I think the. I think the thing that you really take away from what happened today is, I mean, obviously there's, uh, (laughs) that's true where, that's true. Everybody, oh, I actually spelled button wrong. Can you believe that? Please. uh, Nice. Please like button (laughs) and share. And that means everybody. Everybody spread the word because obviously we obviously want to discuss what happened today. Because it is a big deal, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, it's a pathetic deal. Yeah, and of course, we as non-corporate working people get chastised for wanting something. <laughs> so we should just expect that's a little bit more than nothing, but that's something, and you should be appreciative of that, uh, Von. Uh, I don't know if the forward party is the answer. Probably you not. You know what? I'm, uh, I'm still holding out on that. I, I don't know. I don't know that he's going, that Andrew is going to really stay clear of corporate influence. I don't know that yet. And really, that to me is right. the determining factor. Yeah. And I think right now, uh, as Steve points out, once again, Democrats achieve the least they can do. And that is, is exactly the point. But, you know, we can have a discussion about what might have happened that could have been better, what didn't happen. Again, I've got a complete outline of all the things that took place today. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason why nothing gets done. There is a reason why we don't get anywhere. There's a reason why the Republicans play the bad guys and the Democrats are supposed to look like the innocent good guys. And all the while, this entire cycle just repeats itself, where ultimately it's all about the fact that corporate special interests have captured our government. That is why you don't have health care. That's why you don't have a living wage. That's why you have no climate bill. That is, I mean, to even suggest that a climate bill that increases onshore and offshore drilling is a climate bill is, is insane. And of course, the only people who are going to say that this is a good bill are people who will never have to worry about a drilling well in their backyard. These are punditry individuals who live. Let's be honest. A lot of people may not know this, but uh, what is the I'm, I'm, I'm forget. I know Fairfax County, Virginia, Ar, you know, Alexander, uh, Arlington, is it Ar, Arlington County, Virginia. And then there's the county that's in Southern Maryland that I'm slipping on uh, the name right now. The one where Chevy Chase and all those wealthy uh, communities are. But the, the point is, this is where all of the D.C. Ponton class live. They all live in these extremely insulated, wealthy enclaves. And they don't have a care in the world about what's really going on out in the in this country. 
So do you, you know, want to go like line by line? Like, do you have, I mean, I know there was stuff about insulin prices and drug prices, but it's all crumbs and it's all obviously just sort of like a, a little too little, a little too late. And basically just tokenism that they think will be sufficient to carry them through the midterms. Um, and it's just pitiful. And anybody who is championing, championing this, like it's some great win you're, you've got battered spouse syndrome. You've got battered spouse syndrome, people. There's no win here. And here's how I know it's not a win. This is what I was just telling Peter. So my husband said, oh, the Senate passed a bill about lowering drug prices. And I looked at him and I'm like, if this Senate passed that bill, it's not helping anybody but themselves. So I don't even have to know the details to know that it will only help themselves. And they all are horrors to big pharma. So it, it's not going to help us. I definitely concur. Um, you know, it's like the message we put out that got uh, Tony. Jen is currently in Boston and I am in the studio. Jen and I are like two ships passing in the night. <laughs> we you know? wait. We will be back together. When? When is our first show? When Monday. I'm back? Monday. Mo uh, Monday. Next Monday. OK. So not, not tomorrow. Next. The following Monday. Yeah, so guys, if you're watching. We'll both be. Yeah, if you guys are watching on Facebook or Twitter or Twitch, get over to uh, uh, YouTube if you can. Smash that like button, share everywhere that you can. You know, we talked today about how Bernie gives a damn, and that's really what it's about. You know, Bernie cares about our drinking water, cares about the child tax credit, which is what he was trying to get reconciled into the bill today, as well as the expansion of hearing I believe dental and vision were, he was trying to get that, but it was going to settle for just hearing. If we could have at least gotten something, that would have been a significant thing. And then all the while, anybody ever wants to talk about today is how, and this is the thing where you know more than anything else, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a class war. That's all this is. Because the people who are dancing on Bernie's grave, if you will, like, oh, you see, he didn't get anything. What a loser. Every right. other senator voted against this. Could you imagine simping for senators? I, I mean, this is just amazing how you just don't get it. But the truth is we do get it. The people who spend all their time on social media, they kind of have time on their hands to begin with. So the fact that they're so much more concerned about dunking on Bernie and not dunking on the fact that the Democratic Party, led by Senator Schumer, have no spine. They're not willing to really dig their heels in and get a win for working people. Tell me where the win for working people is in this bill. I want to know where it is. Just tell me because I'm willing to listen. Well, I just think it's so pitiful. Like we're sitting here and we're talking about people celebrating that Bernie was unable to help people. And the fact that people, well, this is no different than remember when like Debbie referred to Chantel winning as a mitzvah, like somehow it's good to screw regular people and they're celebrating that. And the fact that we're even debating, should it include vision? What about ears? What about dental? Is it for only old people? This is ridiculous. Like It's just so ridiculous. I can't even believe that people are accepting this with a straight face. I think when you are, like you said, battered down as much as, uh, as we are, I think that that's really the big issue here. And so one of the good reporters, uh, Sahil Kupar, 
who works for NBC, pointed out very <laughs> pointedly the things that were not included in this bill that initially were supposed to be included in this bill. Universal pre-K is out. So if you're concerned about whether or not working class people have enough money to send their kids off to get a decent education, yeah, that's got that's out. So forget well, that. More important that than that is that's one less year that working people have childcare. And and that's that's the real problem. I mean, I'm not really overly concerned with a pre-K education in the grand scheme of the universe. But what it is, is it's respite for working people that can't afford private preschool and have to go to work. So that's the real issue. It's no different than like doing paid family leave. This is something that helps working people. Child tax credits out. Even though that was not supposed to expire and Joe said he would do something about it. And of course, he did nothing about it. And neither will any of the. And again, why would the child tax credit expire? Simple, because it doesn't it doesn't work in concert with corporate special interests. You know, we talk I've talked many a times about how there is a difference between a social safety net and a welfare state. A social safety net is like a trampoline and a welfare state is like quicksand. The goal of our government, even the GOP, is to have as big a welfare state as possible because they want people dependent on the system. So when you get just a little victory, just a little something, it's like catnip and that'll be enough to satisfy you for a while. So that's really the whole idea. But the fact that they couldn't even do that is crazy. Elder care money out I mean, hell, we're, you know, Bernie running for president twice was talking about expanding Social Security, which we should. And we have our MMT, you know, our, our comrades, if you will, that, you know, talk about the fact that we have the capability of merely just expanding it based on currency production. But there's also something to be said for the fact that we have a massive wealth gap in this country resulting primarily in the reduction of the top marginal tax rate not being anywhere near where it should be. So if we did something as simple as lifted the cap on taxable income on Social Security, that would make it solvent for generations to come. That's the obvious answer. That's the obvious answer. It's not even complicated. There's nothing for housing. And we are literally living in a housing crisis right now. Uh, You know, people, they're trying to convince you that it's okay to live in a commune, basically, that you should live in a home with a dozen other people. You know, we see these stories in places like New York City, and I've seen them, where people that are trying to make it in the Big Apple will rent out a big brownstone, if you will, that'll cost anywhere from $15,000 to $20,000 a month to rent it. But what you'll have is about eight to 10 people living in the dwelling. And that is the ultimate goal of the last bastion of the capitalist system, if you will. It's this idea of a complete serfs class where people have to live like sardines. And the idea that anyone's okay with that is crazy. I know I wouldn't be. Yeah, I was noticing several encampments today um, just where I am. And it hit actually 106 today in Boston. Um, which is very un- unusual. Yeah. So, and and it's really bad. 
that the but I actually came up with a solution for the for the houselessness for the people that are houseless. Yeah. Um, we yeah here here's my solution. Let's give them houses. I know it's crazy. Like 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 oh my god, how could you solve the houselessness by giving houses? The easy answer is that there already are plenty of houses. That they're just being owned by a whole bunch of banks and nobody gets to live in them. There's a lot of that. How, how about just the fact that we do not have, again, you don't have to house the homeless forever. That's not no. how this works. The goal is to get people off the street, get them clean, get them hopefully some type of education or get them in a situation where they can learn a skill and get on their feet. Everyone makes it out like the housing crisis, the homeless crisis is something where, you know, we're just trying to put people in housing so they never have to work. That's not the case. That's not what it is. So framing it properly, I think is key because the conservative, even, even friend of the show, um, you know, uh, Sean, uh, actual justice warrior in New York, who we're very friendly with, he's been on the show. Uh, you know, he, he, he kind of frames it as, well, a half a million homeless people in a country of 330 million is just the price of doing business in America. How many people are not homeless? How many people living in very uncomfortable situations? How many people are on the verge of not being able to afford to live? And this idea, he even said this on a show the other day, uh, which I thought was completely messed up. This idea that the average person, I don't even know how high uh, numbers-wise he was referring to, but this idea that we don't have a crisis in this country where tens of millions of people are one bad accident or situation away from being completely broke and not being able to stand on their own two feet. That is a fact. That is what is going on in this country. And the fact that we have no social safety net, we have a welfare state. Well, That's can, the we, can we address the fact that in certain areas that a very good amount of the people that are without homes are working full time? Correct. And, I, and I think that 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 should be a place to start. I think like to me, anybody that's working full time is entitled to food, housing, you know, education, health care. Like so we could start with the people that are working full time jobs and put them in houses like it's really not difficult it's not we keep building huge high income housing that rich investors are buying but yet people can't afford to live in that live in these places so community community college is out we can't even get that tuition free community college which is like i i don't even know um what type of a number we're talking about. It's so minuscule in the grand scheme of things. But just remember, they don't want people educated. They don't want people not to be dependent on the system. This idea that you think that, oh, if people just worked harder and if they did this and they did that. No, no one. I mean, listen, there's always outliers. There are people in this country who want to be communist and they don't want to work. There are people who embrace fascism. You know, I say this all the time, but it's kind of like, when we talk about universal health care and we talk about the constant berating of, of Trump voters and just people who are othered, if you will, if you have universal health care, everyone's getting health care, even people you hate. They're going to get it. 
So stop hating. But there are people who literally, they, they revel in the idea of others not having anything, even if it means they get screwed in the process. It's, um, I don't know what the technical term would be for it, but it, it's not envy. It's just this idea that I get satisfaction out of seeing others suffer. What would you, how do you, what do you call that? I call that misery loves company. Misery loves company. Okay. Can't close uh, oh, the- before I forget, something kind of cool happened today. We were walking. I don't even know what area we were walking around in. And I walked by, you know, a busker's street performer. And as soon as we're like walking up to him, I kid you not, he has an acoustic guitar and he starts playing Here Comes the Sun. <laughs> and so as soon, yeah. And so as soon as I like walk by, I was like, okay, I have to go over there and give this guy a few bucks because, and I said to him, I'm like, just for that song alone. But it made me very happy. Well, we better keep uh, singing Here Comes the Sun because Lord knows we're going to need it. All right. So um, we have no college, no pre-K. So we've got dumb and unhealthcare, unhealthcare people. That's what the, we're earned, the earned income tax credit is not expanded. <laughs> Sorry, small business owner, but you get nothing. Unbelievable. You get nothing. <laughs> yeah, you'll get nothing and you'll like it. <laughs> God. You will not close the Medicaid gap. You know, it's funny. We've But been, now how much of that is is a state issue and how much of that is the fact that like Florida basically snubbed their nose um at anything having to do with uh Medicaid expansion. Talk that one up to uh Rick Scott going on national TV, the worst yeah. senator in the US, talking about how we're <laughs> going to reduce costs. That's the words they use when it comes to Social Security and Medicare, which means cuts, because that's what they want. Because Lord knows uh, those seniors, especially those that are infirm and need help. Yeah, they ought to get off their ass and get another job. (laughs) My God, I tell you, I would just honestly, if I ever ran for the U.S. Senate, I would run against Rick Scott. And all I would do is just talk about the fact that he's a criminal. (laughs) That would be my like that would be most of my campaign is just talking about the fact that, yeah, he's a crook. Uh, he should be in federal prison. He stole your Medicare money. He lives in this palatial mansion on Naple, in Naples, right on uh, the Gulf. And he only has that because he has blood money, because that's what it is. It's blood okay, money. Okay, so can I, I need to give like, sort of make like a, a parody or analogy or whatever you want to call it. So, okay, a lot of people, I get it, don't like DeSantis. And I and I, I can appreciate that. I, I see your side of things. But when I lived in San Antonio, we came across these wasps and I had these wasps by my front door, these red tail wasps. And I had to get rid of them because they were by the front door and I couldn't keep them there. So we paid somebody to come and get rid of the wasps, which we thought would be good. But as soon as we got rid of the wasps, these web worms took over the trees and we had these giant webs encasing and killing off our trees of these web worms because the red tail wasps ate the web worms. So when we got rid of the wasps, then the, Web, web worms infested our trees. People do not understand, okay? Ron DeSantis is the wasp. Rick Scott is the web worms, okay? People, I, I truly feel that one of the benefits of DeSantis is that he keeps Rick Scott at bay. And I yeah, don't know I that that would be the case. If, if like, it's pick your, pick your evil, people. That's the problem. And I try to tell people all the time, Rick Scott is a master class of politicking. He just knows how to do it. And if you've never really seen him on the stump and how he conducts himself, everyone sees the stuff that he does on TV. But I have to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, very few people pay attention to politics the way that we do. And when everyone is acting like this is such a big deal, 
How, how many people are really paying attention? Maybe a few million people. That's not a lot. Not in this country. People are distracted by a lot of other things and care about a lot of other stuff. They well, don't most have time. people are just struggling to live. Correct. That's another reason that they keep people struggling. The less you can pay attention, the better off they are. They don't want high voter turnout. They say they do, but they really don't. They do not want that and they do not want- Not if it's going to affect their ability to get reelected. That's the bottom line. They do not care about anything other than maintaining their fiefdom, which is what we deal with down here in Florida. And of course, immigration is going to suffer as a result. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. So back up. What else is in this now? So you got through. Im immigration. So immigration. What um, is it? I, I don't have the full detail on it, but I believe it has to do with, um, uh, you know, whether or not they're slowing down uh, who, who is admitted into the country. But, you know, again, uh, our, you know, the one thing I will say about immigration is that our immigration laws, while they're strict, they're nowhere near as strict as a lot of other countries around the world. That's a fact. So we have this uh, tendency to think that it's okay, you know, to just have a free-for-all. And then there are those who think we shouldn't have anybody because this country's full, apparently. Or that we should only have people coming in from certain parts of the world. So we have a immigration... You mean the, you mean the, the white countries? We do have... Uh, unfortunately, immigration is one of the more... Um, it's, 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 not a, it's not a clear... There is no clear-cut answer when it comes to immigration. That's my point. Okay, now, here's 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 the thing about that, okay? How about a little kindness? How about empathy? How about letting things like... Kind. It's not easy to be kind and empathetic when your own life is in misery. So the I, whole idea... Yes. The whole idea of, well, I'd like to be nice to these other people, but I need to take care of my life. And that's the whole thing about this circular firing squad of our political system we have today. We don't have. Well, they want us to they want us to kick down. And yeah. it's like I still for the life of me do not understand how people can be convinced that it is the people that have less institutional power than you do that are the cause of your problems. It's so illogical. The only people that are the cause of our problems are the people that are above us socioeconomically. The people below us are just trying to live to, I just, we're just, they're just teaching us to kick down. I can't stand even discussing yeah, class, immigration. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is absolutely a class war. That is all this is. That's all it's ever going to be. The sooner people understand that it ain't about race, it ain't about sex, it ain't about all of these things are done to distract you from the fact that you don't make enough to live. You have a environment that is literally on fire. You have no health care. You can't take a vacation. Like, forget that. That ain't ever happening again unless the system literally fundamentally changes. You have. Yeah. Well, you know, other countries and I know, like, especially in Europe and, and places like that. Not only do you get paid leave like, you know, automatically, but they take their holiday seriously. Like oh, yeah. people in other countries, when they take holiday, they do like six weeks. Like it, it, they, they really do. And they get subsidized to do that because those countries recognize that when you have people that get holiday, that you have more productive workforce. So it's, it's just... It's very logical and we're just so backwards. 
And of course, the final three, which all relates to protecting the rich and powerful at all costs. There are no tax rate hikes. There is no millionaire surtax. And there is no ending of the carried interest. And of course, why is Wait, no ending of the what? Carried interest. Okay, so he still hasn't done anything to eliminate the Trump tax. Correct. The Trump tax breaks. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. If you just overturned the Trump tax cuts. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we are re-watching 2014 in 2022 all over again. Obama did not overturn the Bush tax cuts. He made them permanent. Uh-huh. And that is essentially what Biden is doing. When you but think yet that the Republicans are the bad guys, but it's the Republicans. It's all the Republicans. Oh, it doesn't mean that they, it doesn't mean that the GOP doesn't suck. They do. You know, if you look at the things that they voted against. But remember, everything is done for a reason. You know, today, everyone and, and then it gets to and, that, and so that pretty much covers exactly what was taken out of the bill today. So that was so what do we get? Peter, what, what what do we get? What are these people patting themselves Jen, on the back We know you didn't win today, but the consolation prizes are wonderful. So okay. rest assured, you're going to get something out of this. What so, am I getting? Let's hear what I'm getting. Well, well, listen, if you live another 15 years, and maybe you will, maybe you won't, I don't know. But if you, you know do- You I'm not big on getting old. Well, if you do, I got, I got great news. They're going to cap your insulin costs at $35 a month. Wow. Damn if that ain't okay, a great well, victory. Since I don't use insulin, um, when I turn that age, I'd be willing to donate mine to somebody else. Why don't we Well, do that's that? very noble of you, Jen. And considering that you didn't have the government force you to do that, the conservatives will appreciate the fact that you did it out of the kindness of your own heart and not forced government tyranny. So well, that's I a big do believe, right there. And I've always believed that if everybody gave what they truly could, that there wouldn't be people that truly need. But and I know that's probably not like logistically capable of happening. But just in my mind, I feel like that. Yeah. If everybody gave what they could, that would be better. Oh, uh, a thousand uh, you know. and like, if I didn't need my Social Security, like I wish there was a way to give it to someone else, because I know plenty of people that don't need their Social Security. And I know so many people that don't get enough Social Security. You know, I can remember years ago when I think it was Bill O'Reilly who was, um, and again, this is a time when Bill O'Reilly had all the money in the world, uh, but was talking about the fact that he earned his, uh, his social security. You're not getting it. It's like unbelievable. I mean, that's really what we have to deal with here. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, this is really, it, it, it sucks. Uh, so I'm going to show you, and, and forgive me for picking on Amy Siskind, but she just in many ways kind of embodies, you know, that whole D.C. Beltway privileged pundit class uh, that really just wants you to take your scraps and accept them. You will get nothing and you will like, like it. it. <laughs> so Amy, in her grand wisdom, this very privileged lady who lives in D.C., Senate Democrats have passed the Inflation Reduction Act, another historical piece of legislation under <laughs> Biden, which includes the first time Medicare will be able to negotiate prescription costs. Now, of course, not pointing out exactly what the specific provisions within that negotiation of Medicare actually covers. 
Then you want to take it the next step and say the boldest measures to combat climate change. What bold measures exactly are you talking about? I'd like to know what bold climate change measures are we having? Would you consider onshore and offshore drilling expansion (laughs) to be bold climate change in a good way? Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, she chose her words very carefully. She said the boldest measures to combat climate change. She didn't actually say whether they were good or not. It's just that they were bold. A bold oh, well, they're bold. Of oh yes, things. they're bold. More drilling in, in the climate crisis era is definitely bold. I will say that. Uh, <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> and, 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 and let me get this straight. What tax increases on corporations exactly? I, I need to know what this means. Like I really well, what, gotta know. What, what, and, and so are, <laughs> what are she talking about? Because nothing that you mentioned indicated that they were properly taxing corporations. No. Uh, Don't start with me, Stuart. Don't start with me, Stuart. <laughs> I'll put you in timeout. And it isn't that nothing is ever good enough. We always should strive to be better. Stuart Zoberg is a former um, colleague of mine from when I worked at Becker and Polyakov. Does Stuart live comfortably, Jen? Stuart lives very comfortably. Stuart, stay the hell out of the conversation, <laughs> baby. Stay out of it. It's it's like it's amazing. And that's why I'm really looking forward to going to Iowa next weekend, because I, I, I really there really is this disconnect. There really is. It's really two countries in a lot of ways. Wouldn't you say like yeah. there really is this lack of understanding of what people I mean, if anybody didn't watch Jordan Chariton's coverage of what it was like driving through the Rust Belt and what tons of communities. And this isn't even counting what just took place in eastern Kentucky with the mudslides and, and the floods and, and the, the displacement of so many people. And they're going to get nothing. I mean, they're going to get like next to nothing in terms of they could have done an emergency bill to deal with this problem. I mean, to me, that that really speaks volumes. But if you think that's the winner, Jen, I got a better one. So okay. here's the best one. Here's the best one. So proud of President Biden. The media has been dragging him down. The media's been dragging down President Biden. Meanwhile, he has not only confronted multiple crises, not indicating whether or not he confronted them or actually did something good about them. He confronted them. But also passed historic legislation that generations from now will marvel at. They'll marvel at. They're going to marvel at this bill, Jen. They will marvel at it. They have nothing else, Peter. If they had something like these are people that are so used to nothing that half a something seems like something. I, I, it really is. It, no, again, it's it's like it's like you have a starving peasant and you give them a slice of bread and they're like, oh, thank you, good sir. Right. I didn't know how I would survive. You are a you are such a kind, <laughs> gentle soul. You care so much. But of course, Amy wants you to know that he and Dr. Jill have my unwavering support. Oh, Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill, I have a rash. You might want to, you know, are you qualified to do anything about my rash, Dr. Jill? Can't you see, this is where this is where I would I would tell Stu that this is where you're wrong. 
Yeah, Stuart, this is where you really don't see. And this is someone who who probably look the New York Times probably watches CNN, MSNBC, all of that stuff. And, you know, it really isn't because of mansion and cinema. That's it just we're not, we're not buying it. Yeah, it isn't a question of Joe being a monarch. That's not what this is. And this is what everybody has always said since the days of FDR. This is what they said when George Washington became president, that he could just make himself a king, but he didn't. You see, ultimately what happens here is that when you have a Congress, the let remember, three separate but equal branches of government, which means that if Congress can't pass laws that help the people, then the president is obligated to step in and break up this entanglement, if you will. Corporate special interests have captured our government. And so as a result, we don't get anything that's good for us. Yeah, it's see, wider- Biden doesn't do anything because he doesn't want to. It doesn't serve the corporate donors. It has nothing to do with that he couldn't get things past Mansion or cinema or the parliamentarian. And it's so amazing that these same people that are so worried about who I vote for president because that's such a powerful position, but well, yet we have a president that's being held up by two senators and a parliament. So and what kind of power? And then everybody who's out there who's saying that, well, the parliamentarian this, the parliamentarian that, there is no law that says the parliamentarian (laughs) is the last line of defense. That's not an elected person. That's not a thing. It's crazy. It's absolutely incredible. And, And again, no one wants to play power politics at all. So this leads to the transition of what I think we'll, we'll close with Bernie, but I think that this is very important to talk about what we learned over the past week regarding Kansas and Indiana in Kansas. And remember, Kansas is even more red than Indiana is. We have to, but you know what? I am so tired of us labeling things red and blue because really, is it populist? But yeah. That's where, yeah, but that's where people, um, but that's where people ultimately are going to make that decision. And so, and one thing I do want to say, I'll close with this. Uh, TM, great to see you. Kim Iverson is not coming on until the end of the month. We had to reschedule, uh, but she is going to be on. It's because of me. It's because of me. She'll be on in three weeks, but hang tight. She's going to be here. We're yes. going to have a lot of great guests coming on. If she, so, I didn't want to miss her. So if she had come on on Wednesday and I couldn't be sure that I'd be able to come on on Wednesday because I'm out of town. And so I, we just, I'd rather be there to talk to Kim. So here's the point about Joe, and here's the point about the president of the United States that I want Stu and anybody who is who is a liberal, whether they're comfortable or not, it's very important uh, that we, we know exactly what the president can and cannot do. So everyone wants to talk about how much President Biden has actually done. Well, at, since he's been president, he has issued, I believe, under 80 executive orders as commander in chief. Do you know how many executive orders FDR issued when he was the president of the United States? Over 3,700. So well, I, I said what- from the beginning, honestly, to me, whatever, like when people want me to stop harping about Joe, okay, but then he would have to at least do everything that he can do. When he does everything that he can do, and then there were people are complaining, then maybe I'd say, okay, give him a break. He's doing everything he can do. He hasn't done anywhere near what he can do. 
So I am so Correct. this is ridiculous. This like ridiculous. Um, so, so Stu, I just I want you to and Michael, uh, how about supporting the Human Rights and Liberation Party? I don't know what that is, but I think that the only party that's going to have a chance of anything right now is the Forward Party, because it has money. Now, has again, Shiraj it, Patel been on our show? I don't think so. I'm looking him up, but he's yeah, he Shiraj looks Patel like a running in, Siraj is running for Congress in the same district that now has brought Carolyn Maloney and Jerry Nadler together. I think it's New York's 10th, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I can tell uh, you I prefer anybody to those two nimwits. So, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, listen, even if there's a corporate streak to Siraj, as far as I'm concerned, if you can get two generational lifers out of out of politics, again, I yeah. wish we had term limits, but we don't. Well, let's get this guy on. I didn't know. Wait, wait, wait. So he's running against Maloney, but is that a different district than when Lauren ran against her? Yeah, well, because it's been combined now, but it's basically the same yeah. one. And uh, Steve Donzinger is supporting Siraj. So okay. I, I leave, give that uh, give that shout out. And so you're right, Stu, he's not Bernie. But again, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that Joe can't do to mitigate a lot of these situations. He can, de- he can decriminalize cannabis. He can, he can pardon and expunge 2,700 nonviolent drug offenders in federal prison for cannabis. For cannabis, think about how much the prison industrial complex would decrease if we had legalized cannabis in the U.S. Or at least By the way, recreational here, recreational here. Jen, very happy. Mm. He can cancel student debt. Yeah, and despite what anybody thinks, he has the authority to do it. The majority of the student loan debt is held by Wall Street banks. Everyone knows it. If you can even fathom what 1.3, 1.4 trillion in interest looks like for these banks. I mean, you're talking tens of billions of dollars in profit for these banks for doing nothing other than holding working class <laughs> majority speaking, debt. Everyone who has this idea that there are these wealthy people with student loan debt, I mean, do they even realize the entire oxymoron of that that argument? That it's, oh, it's a whole bunch of wealthy suburbanites with liberal arts degrees, or it's doctors that don't pay at all. Okay, but here's the thing. Let's say, let's say hypothetically that it were. So what? Get over yourselves. Let's just make life easier for people. Why is it so like I had to get because I paid out my debt, which is even more interesting, because if you look at a lot of the people and again, I don't want to judge. But when you look at a lot of people that say, I don't want you having free college, it's usually people of a certain age that when they went to college was so significantly less than what it is today. Exactly. Yeah. Um. By the way, I just looked up TM. He does have an amazingly nice quaff. So I hopefully we can get this guy on the show. I will agree. Very nice hair. He's a cutie poo. Yes. And of course, <clears throat> when when President Biden talked about when he went to college, he was like, come on, man, I had to, I had to spend $300 a semester for, for college. That's a lot of money. $300? You know, there are people who spend $30,000 a semester. And again, you can make the argument about whether you need to go to sand school or not. And again, tuition-free public college with an emphasis on trade schools. I mean, how I that's just, not- a- Why can't we just start calling it K through 16 people? That's all we're talking about. We didn't even have K through 12. It isn't like we were just all given- 
education just because we had a fight for K through 12. And now all we're saying is we need to add four more years onto our education to make us have more competitive um, place in the world and help our. That's all we're saying. What's even more interesting. What's even more interesting is when you see the pundit class, the, uh, you know, the, the true blue, no matter who sycophants talk about how President Biden's canceled 10 billion in student debt. And I'm thinking, <laughs> Corey, he was a bad dude, man. Uh, when you think about, you know, Stu, that He's- is an exceptionally privileged position to take. And it further proves exactly what we're talking about. It's, well, the other guy would be a lot worse. So accept the fact fact that you have nothing (laughs) rather than it being something bad. Instead of listening, when it comes to the fact that this is a class war, because it is, and we're not going to get anywhere that we need to, uh, again, if the only thing that you're annoyed at is cannabis, I've got news for you. There's a lot more things that Joe can do. He can cancel student debt. And what we need is tuition-free public college with an emphasis on trade schools. So that way, the student loan crisis never arises again. Because most people after that would actually... And remember, if we had tuition-free public college, you know what else would we have? We would have private schools having to compete with tuition-free public college. So they would naturally have to reduce their costs because there's no way you're going to say, well, let's see, I could go to a school that costs 50000 a year. I could go to a school that costs me maybe a couple of thousand a year. No one is saying, give me everything. No one's saying, give me everything. And if people are saying, give me everything, it's being framed from the perspective um, of, I don't really have much and I just want the basics. And we have been led to believe Stuart, that having nobody COVID, that would be supporting me would be quoting Bill Maher. I can, I can assure you, he you is people, way too. Uh, you people, you people are so, uh, come, uh, ridiculous. You're talking about having little things. Another one who talking. only cares about cannabis. Glad I didn't go to med school and then out of a cup. Yeah. Yeah, the only reason we're not that I'm not drowning in debt is because my husband had was fortunate enough that his family was able to pay for him to go to medical school, Um, and so we only had loans for me. Stu, do you understand? I don't know. Do you know? Do you understand what a tragedy it is that TM had to write that? That I'm glad I didn't go to medical school. No, you should be horrified that you couldn't go to medical school to become an anesthesiologist. We need people like you in the workforce. It's true. It's true. Well, that's the that's the ultimate like sort of cognitive dissonance, right? Like we don't want to give people relief from crushing student loans, but yet we're expecting to have qualified people come out of these professions and have enough doctors and enough medical resources when people can't afford to do it. And not only that. And not yeah, only where that. is the hemp? I could tell you where there's the hemp because I have a friend who has it's a hemp farm it's being shielded is what's happening. But remember this, the, the whole concept of how do we compete? Do you really think that we have any chance in hell of competing with China if we don't have 
a substantially improved workforce. And, and again, it's one thing when all of you act really tough and really run your mouths when it comes to Russia, which I think is completely asinine to begin with. I can't wait for you to try to run your mouths against China. You will all walk the line like every other person in this country does. And you know why? Because China owns our economy. It's unfortunate that it took somebody like Trump to say it because Trump is completely self-serving. He doesn't give a damn about whether we suffer or not. But the trade deals, particularly normal trade relations with China and NAFTA, have devastated our middle class in this country. We have outsourced everything practically. Not weapons. Not weapons. Not weapons. No, we make weapons. We do that. We make weapons. We make guns and we make ammo. We make all that. But of course... When we think about whether or not people have the opportunity to get a better education, to be able to learn a skill, if we're competing against China, how do you compete? When everything, when, when, our tra- when, when the, the, the components that are related to the trade deals that happened under Clinton, because that's where they happened, yeah. how do you compete? You don't have to pay somebody a living wage. Just outsource your job to China, India, well, Bangladesh, and also, Ireland, and the Philippines, where you can pay 10 cents on the dollar, maybe less, to get somebody to do the job. Why don't you look at one of the sweatshops where, yes, I admit my one vice or guilt, if you will, in this capitalist system is that I use Apple products. Have you ever seen an Apple, an Apple product outside of Beijing? Do you know what that looks like? They build them without windows. Why? So that people can't commit suicide. Well, they actually, they what happened is when they got in trouble for having like these high suicide rates, they actually, what they did was they moved their facility further inland where it wouldn't be as obvious and people wouldn't see it as it as where it was before. But I do know that there was a point when they had to put netting around the perimeter to so for when people jumped out of, they keep them in like these dorms that are basically like labor camps. I call them I-slaves. Your phone is made by I-slaves. And it's also one of the reasons why I can't stand LeBron James. I've been extremely adamant about how I, I just, I've had enough of him and I've had enough of his sanctimony and the fact that he, and and again, I have not brought, I have not bought any products from Nike in a long time. And if you have any idea how disgusting their company is and what they do, in terms of their products, they sell sneakers for $300 a piece. Do you know how much it costs to make those things? Like 10 bucks. And they yeah, make them in People who probably work 14 hour days and make like 10 cents. Correct. That's, that, that's what happens. And it is, and, and again, uh, I have heard that too, TM. I heard he's, a, he's, he's not a good tipper. I, I, when I hear that about rich people, ooh, that's that's one thing that really gets under my skin because I've I worked in the service industry for years, and when you hear about the fact that people don't tip properly, and I'm not saying you have to tip exorbitantly because okay. you have money. You Just know that properly. I served. I was a server for a very long time, and there are definitely certain types of things that are infuriating. But yes, when very wealthy people come in and they leave you like crap, it's and you that's know very that sweet of her, that's very sweet of Rebecca to say. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. That's so nice. She was very popular in the 90s. I remember Fiona. Oh, wait, no, that's I remember Butin. her, yeah. Butin, not, not Butin. But yes. Uh, 
Well, we're not going to be competitive for a lot of reasons. Um, when you have people sitting here and basically being excited about legislation that specifically excludes pre-K, community college, um, that's a problem. Because most countries, their people are graduating from primary school speaking at least two languages, if not more. Yeah. And our kids are barely competent in one. We have a significant deficiency in education. And granted, Florida is one of the worst. Um, but there is such a deficiency in our education system that not only is that we don't pay our workers well to be competitive, we're not even raising people that can be competitive Period. Like I don't, I don't understand how we're cheering about legislation that's not supportive of more education. Like I, I, I how is that good? It's not. Again, if you think that we can compete with China, you're crazy. We can't. But again, this this argument's been framed in such a way as if to say that if you're supporting competition against China, then you're automatically with the GOP. It's like. Right. This is why, and this leads to a very important point that we need to make. If you look at what happened in Kansas versus Indiana, Kansas voted overwhelmingly GOP in the primary election. Yeah. But you know what else they did? They voted to codify Roe because it was on the ballot, because the voters were allowed to vote on a specific issue. And they didn't just vote barely. They voted comfortably. Right. But and it was a no vote. Like the the, the, the the measure was they wanted to do a ban. And right. Kansas overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly voted it down. And I, I'm not surprised because the numbers are very clear. The majority of this country, by far, red, blue, whatever, supports a woman's right to choose. They do. Correct. This isn't even this isn't even something that's remotely in question. The numbers are clear. What we have is a dysfunctioning republic where a minority rogue group of religious crazies are in charge of the majority of people and our laws do not represent what the majority of people want. That's a dysfunctioning republic. And so, no, it doesn't surprise me what happened in Kansas because we know the numbers. People do not like this. I told you I know someone who is one of the most conservative, religious, Southern Baptist Christian people I have ever met in my life. And this person was not happy about the Supreme Court decision, which I was even surprised. Like, I thought, oh, this person, they're probably doing a two-step. No, they do not like it at all. And even though they're pro-life, they, the idea of criminalizing is just they are not having it. So I, I don't I think it, that's what we should expect. And we need to handle this through public through ballot initiatives, obviously. And that's exactly what, what the difference was when it came to Indiana. The people in Indiana didn't get to vote. The legislature, the backwards GOP legislature <laughs> in Indiana voted against abortion. Now, of course, they there were a couple of provisions, but I got to tell you, you had to see this heavyset older woman who's in the GOP, who I think is the, might be the House Speaker, could be wrong. But you had to see her agonizing over the question of whether or not to include rape and incest as an exemption in the in, in the ability to get an abortion. It's like, oh, oh, God, what do we do? What do we do? It's like the fact that that's even a question is just crazy. Yeah. But the reason everyone thinks 
And the people who have this very pointed opinion about the GOP and how they look at certain issues, ladies and gentlemen, this just goes to show you how divided a nation we really are. Most people do not really understand just how much religion defines certain places. And you lived in Indiana. And I'm I sure lived you in Indianapolis and I actually was the media relations manager for the Indiana State Chamber of Commerce. And we were, our building was connected to the State House. And I spent a lot of time in the State House in Indianapolis. Um, but that was, of course, when uh, Governor Evan Bayh was sitting there. And so we actually had, when I was there, we had a blue governor. And the state legislature was much more like, I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely def more red, but it wasn't wackadoo. And that's, of course, where, you know, we are today. You know, and again, another inconvenient truth that no one wants to talk about, at least not anybody who's in the liberal class, doesn't want to talk about the fact that a lot of these Trump-supported candidates are making their way into the general election because they're getting heavily funded by the Democratic establishment. Like, your paranoia is real. They're getting there so that they scare you into voting for the status quo. Because right now, overwhelmingly, that's what's getting there, is the but status quo. But didn't we know that that failed? Like, didn't Hillary Clinton prove Piper. that the Pied Piper strategy was not a good move. It doesn't matter. It's it. good. But, but again, as we've talked about many a times, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about whether you make money. That's what matters. Right. Well, the you consultant class loves this. But is that any different than like the people that are putting up Democratic candidates against, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Like it, it's still just people that are wanting to suckle at the teeth of the industry and make their money off of campaigns. It's not about any sort of like real strategy. No, because people want to make money. And again, I, I look, I don't know Nikki Freed personally. Um, I can tell you guys that, you know, it's it's obviously an almost insurmountable task to try to, um, you know, take out DeSantis in the general election. But there's no question that Charlie Crist is going to be the nominee and he is the better candidate. I think it's pretty clear as day that he is in terms of his disposition, his ability to connect with people, a lot of variables to consider. When it became painfully obvious that he was going to be the nominee, even before official filing day was done, and Nikki decided, well, I'm going to keep going, even yeah. though I have a 30-point deficit, if she had a 10-point deficit, it would even be considered kind of a, a you know, an, an almost a, an impossible test to overcome in, in, in just a, a couple of months. Because Charlie's not hated. This isn't like running against a, a disliked uh, representative like we have and, and name recognition and money plays a role. This is a case of somebody who was once the governor. He's not, you know, he's not reviled or anything. He's, you know, he's fairly milquetoast, if you will. But a decent guy, I think he's trying to do the right thing overall. And he has I'm not as I'm not as optimistic about it as you are about him. I think he's a chameleon. I've never I don't trust people that are everything to everybody. And he's always uh, done that. He's always just like figured out where the wind's blowing and jumped in to fill oh, that. He's, he's, cra he's crafty. There's no question. Well, I don't, he knows how to play. I don't. But, but however, this, can we talk about the but Senate race? But, this, but but in this particular circumstance. Uh, I think it goes without saying that Nikki's decision to stay in the race, in my opinion, 
has as much to do with the fact that she does have cash and she's got a lot of that punditry class, that consultant class that supports her campaign and they want to get paid. They're not going to tell her to get out of the race and support Charlie. Why would they do that? I think there's a lot of ego for her too. I think that this is a huge, she's, she's very ego oriented. Yeah. And you wanted to give a shout out to one of the senatorial candidates. I do. And I do people, you know, a friend of mine reached out and wanted to know like thoughts on, you know, who to vote for on the ballot and whatever. And so I of course got my mail in ballot and I start researching as always. And for anybody interested the only Democratic candidate for Senate that supports single payer and believes health care is a human right is William Sanchez. I don't know him. He apparently is from the Miami area. But I look, there's four people running in the Dem race for Senate. He is the only one that talks about single payer. So for me, that's my pick. Um, it's, it's really that simple. And also, by the way, let me preface that with, I don't think any of those people have a chance of beating Rubio anyway. So there's that. Yeah. And again, uh, that has just more to do with what the state of Florida is at right now. Um, Rubio is not hated. He's disliked for sure. He's he's just a little, you know what he is? He's the kind of person that Reese would look at and say, I want to punch him in the vagina. Well, he's the equivalent of what would be considered milk toast on the Republican side. And that's not enough. Uh, you know, oh. again, he's not he's not hated the way Rick Scott is or even in this instance, the way that DeSantis is. The problem with DeSantis is that he's actually immensely popular with the GOP as well as the independents. Now, the Democrats can can dislike him all they want, but that's not going to define whether or not he wins the election. So what I what, what I did want to say. Uh, <laughs> how about that, Jen? You want to run for president? How about that? <laughs> Martha Washington Party. Start a new co- that, that I am not even president. willing to run a statewide race. So Do you think you're going to get her to run for president? Good try, buddy. <laughs> I think we might have somebody else who might be interested in that. We'll see what happens soon enough. But I do want to close, uh, obviously, with uh, the senator from Vermont. And he, of course, does a great job. And, uh, Are people giving know, Bernie you- crap? Is that what's happening? Oh, should I bring him in? You could bring him in, but I'm not sure exactly what we're talking about with him. All right, let's see. Jen, it's very good to see you again. Uh, I know it's been a while, and unfortunately, I've been uh, I've had a busy day today. It's been a it's been a rough day, but you know, I wanted to let the American people know with my not so sharp glasses. Uh, do I look okay? It's great. I think at some point we're going to have to do like a facelift on that, but we'll work on it. Well, look, you know, what happened today was I was trying my very best to get a couple of provisions into the bill. You know, we were looking to expand, of course, on our Medicare and Medicaid expansion, which would have included dental, hearing and vision. And I would have settled for hearing. Uh, My hearing is a little gone. But of course, you know, that's what happens with old age. Uh, The people really needed help and we weren't able to give it to them. Um, And of course, they came after me for trying to do a good thing for the working people of this country. I cannot understand why they give more credit to Joe Manchin and the Senate parliamentarian than they would to me. At least I was trying to fight for a couple of decent things for the people. I was also trying to include the the child tax credit, which I thought would have been really important, especially with the midterms around the corner if they're trying to win the election. They didn't want to include anything. And 
well, I kind of felt alone out there today. So what's going to happen now? What's going to happen? You think that this is enough to salve? Well, between this and Roe, is that enough to salvage them in the midterms? Well, look, I can't really say for sure exactly what people's minds are going to be. Uh, we know this. We know that the GOP voted against everything and they didn't want to be a part of any of the things that we did today. There are a couple of decent provisions that they put in there, but in terms of the really important things that we're trying to do, like fight climate change to do better on health care, and obviously we want to make sure that we're in a situation where people are getting at least some decent benefits with this inflation problem that we have in this country that doesn't seem to go away. But of course, we're all on our own and we are fighting a very uphill battle where we do not seem to have any help. And unfortunately, uh, I'm getting blamed for a lot of the things that are just the basic necessities that I think the average person in this country needs. So. I'm not happy. Are you just going to sit there and pout, Senator? I'm just not sure Joe is my friend anymore. Well, Joe was never your friend. You you thought he was your friend, but he was never really your friend. That's the problem. I don't really have a lot of friends, Jen. So I take the ones that well, I can get. I've heard you're very cranky and grumpy. Wouldn't you be very cranky and grumpy if you were fighting for the American people for year after year, trying to get these bills on the floor and no one wants to listen to anything that you have to say? I know. You feel like you're fighting a battle all by yourself? I'm tired of doing all of that. The American people deserve better than what they got. I wish I fought harder. I did the best I could. I hope I inspired a bunch of you to get out there and fight. So just make sure that if you're going to run, I hope I inspired you to do better than what I've done. Are you done? I have, we're going to have to get you a new one of those. I'm sorry. That's just, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. wrong. I think we can do better now. There's better now. And then there's also a demonic Joe mask too. (laughs) Look, I am determined to make this country a better place for all of us to live. I know I don't have a lot of time left, but I'm going to continue to fight the good fight. We should have had more provisions in that bill. I did the best I could to try to add them on. But unfortunately, people are looking for political wins right now. We're very close to the midterms. People want to have stuff to campaign on. Not that this, this is really isn't good. enough. This isn't enough. It's not enough. Well, look, we're not going to be getting anywhere regarding our climate policy if we're going to expand onshore and offshore drilling. Maybe the permits won't come through. I don't know. But what I do know is that the American people are wising up. They know that this bill wasn't great and that they definitely need to do better. So hopefully they will. But they treated me very badly today, Jen. They treat you badly all the time, Bernie. Well, I'm not going to be taking it much longer. All right. Well, unless you know, I mean, this has been going on since 2015. Really hardcore against you, my friend. Oh, we need more people to get out there and uh, run for office, kind of like you. You've done a great job. Maybe you'll run again. I don't know. Yeah, and yet you didn't endorse me. Well, I was told not to. I was told that uh, if I did that, that wouldn't have been good for you. And uh, Yeah, no, it was because you're scared of Debbie. What's her face? Look, I don't want to bring up Debbie Wasserman. Whatever. 
She's not a good person. She did a lot of bad things in politics. Unfortunately, she's still in power. Well, maybe she won't be in a couple of years. I don't know. We'll see. In the meantime, take care of yourself. It's good to see you and uh, keep fighting. Thank you, Bernie. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of felt like Bernie in that moment, like I am in Bernie's shoes and I am depressed. It's like, I'm trying to help. Like I'm trying to help the American people. But don't we feel like that all the time? Like I feel like that so often, even at a micro level compared to Bernie. I feel like, especially when I'm dealing with so many of the haters and the people that just jump on every little thing I say and twist every word and just want to be haters. And I feel like, look, I am really only trying to help people have a better life. Like that's all I'm doing. I don't have any ulterior motive. And yet the people just hate. It's crazy. Well, this also speaks to, you know, your friends, Stu, and that type of a typical mindset, because that's where a lot of that voting dissent comes from, or a lot of the uh, criticism comes from. The type of people that typically are involved in politics consistently are people that have a lot of time on their hands because their lives are not that bad. In fact, the people who are the most hardened regarding politics are generally people that are looking to protect something rather than gain something. And that, in a, in a sense, is, is a big part of the issue here. Yeah. I, I think that that really plays a big role. So when people talk about, well, just be grateful for what you have, it really just comes down to because your circumstance is not dire. People who are living in not so good circumstances, I truly believe are looking at this and thinking, this sucks. But maybe if we just voted for a few more Democrats, that'll solve the problem. There are people who really believe this, that it doesn't matter how corporate funded they are, that everything is going to work itself out and that you should be absolutely grateful for whatever crumbs we can get. $35 maximum negotiated price insulin for Medicare. I, I mean, it's like you're getting one small and not that insulin isn't important. Well, that's how this works is every little thing, people are thankful to get it. And then if you dare, like, you know, say it's not enough, then you're just being like so greedy. Like you're so unreasonable. Stop picking on Joe. He's doing such a good job. It could be worse. We could have Trump, you know. Like it is absolutely incredible how if, if you want to talk about the thing that privileged liberals hate more than anything else, it's any dissent against their own party and especially right. their dear leaders. In the GOP, that doesn't exist. People will bash Trump, but they'll always expect them to get on board. If you talk badly, uh, even if in this moment you wanted to talk badly about Pelosi and the fact that they will not be bringing the insider trading bill to the floor for a vote, much less passing it. Hmm. Why in the hell would anybody give a damn about these little, you know, these little crumbs that get tossed in your direction every once in a while? What's the point when the system's rigged? Because that's what you're admitting. You can't even have a vote on eliminating stock trading with congressional representatives and their family members. Isn't you this can't even get a vote on for that? Like, you can't even so get a vote so on it. <laughs> and, there you can't okay. up. and there are people who are okay with this. Or they're like, 
we've got more important. There are people who actually say we've got more important things to worry about. What is the you think that this is more you, you, people actually out there thinking that voter protection laws matter more than whether or not we have elected representatives that literally rig our economy? What the hell's the You're point? Already of in voting? the Handmaid's Tale, Stuart. It just hasn't reached your income bracket yet. Don't worry, Stu. They'll get it. Let me tell you something, Stu. <laughs> if they had to, if, if there was forced vasectomies happening in society or something along those lines, eventually something's going to happen to older white men where they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm not okay with this. We got to stop this now. Oh, and I agree. This trip, the ramifications of Pelosi's trip to Taiwan is people can't even imagine how bad this can get. They really don't. Um, I don't think it's going to be that. Like, I don't think China is going to launch a nuclear war because Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan. They don't need to, but they can launch an economic war. They could do that. Well, in yeah. And the fact that she went there and anybody thinks it's for anything other than her personal profit and gain is absurd. Um, and it's just very strange to me that everybody in Congress sort of just steps out of the way and she just does whatever she wants. People go to prison for a lot of the same things that she's done. And yet that's just not even something we can talk about. And then the Dems still sort of think she's like all that in a bag of chips. Her and her husband should both be in prison. <laughs> that's what I think. They should both be in prison. I'd even be OK with them going together. <laughs> they could be in a co-ed cell. One of those uh, country club uh, minimum security prisons. I don't you- care. Martha Stewart had to do time for this shit. You know, it's, I mean, it's just, this is so ridiculous. It's like, they're just so blatant and people are celebrating these small little things. And it's just, it's so ridiculous. We look Look, like such fools. If they, if, if what ultimately, and again, I do agree with Michael. I do think that China is, um, they're not messing around. And no, I, I know, but we we antagonize them daily. We do. We do. People don't realize that. Like we have our ships up their ass every single day and have for years. Same to Russia. I said, if you want to see just how tough this country is, because the majority, especially and listen, I don't want to get this into the left right dynamic. But if you really want to see liberals crap their pants, have a dozen warships from China pull up along the shores of California. Exactly. We'll see, what ha- see what happens then. We'll see how tough you really are in the prospect of actually having to fight a ground a ground war in the United States. Because if there is a country that could, it's China. They could absolutely do that. And the more we do this, the more other nations are just going to unite around trying to take us down. Can you human- blame them? Can no. you? Bl- I when When there's the big schoolyard bully, eventually all of the little kids will get together and rise up because that's what happens. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, and we are hogs. And it is just, I don't blame any of them. I think that if Russia did any of the stuff to us that we've done to them over the years in terms of provoking them, that people, their heads would spin. People don't realize that we have our little warships in their little up their butts everywhere. And nobody thinks that there's a problem with that. It's incredibly provocative. (laughs) 
ridiculous. Yeah, and the whole idea that China um, would collapse if we stopped doing business with them, again, we, there's, so much of our economy is so fake. It does, it's not, it's not substantive. You know, we rely on, on slave labor in other countries to make our products. And that's a dangerous animal that's been allowed to go on for a generation and people have had enough. Now the question is, how are you going to end it? And will it be painless or will it be painful? I don't know. But this whole experience today is just, its and again, it would be one thing if they were just tepidly saying, look, we had to get something. This isn't great. We need more. And we'll take what we can get right now. The idea that there is this tongue bath that Biden and the Dems are getting from the Beltway pundit class, the big city liberal class, it's like they've learned nothing. Well, they did, well, no, like it's like you said, they're just about the payday. They're just about staying on keeping the money train going. And if this can make them appear more viable, give the Dems hope, then that lets them hire a handful more consultants on that campaign. So that's all that they're thinking. They don't care about what happens policy wise. They don't even care if the person they're working for wins. I mean, yeah, that's always been and that's sort of the underbelly that not enough people talk about in politics is just how devastating of a problem it really is when you have people that are just in it for the money. You know, I had a conversation with a with a with a friend who's in the who's in labor and doesn't rely on politics for you know the per, their living. And I, I make this as clear as day as I can with anybody that I meet in politics. I don't trust anybody whose career is dependent on making money in politics. Like you can make money in politics, but if you don't have a trade, if you don't have a way to make a living outside of the political arena. I can't trust you because then your living is dependent, could be dependent on screwing people for your own benefit. And you see that all the time. Yeah. No more obvious than Liz Smith, who worked on Andrew Yang's campaign and worked obviously on Buttigieg's campaign and Hillary's campaign and uh, was involved with um, Elliot Spitzer. You know, she really is sort of that prime example of this, 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 consultant class industrial complex that exists in politics and makes it bad. But I think the silver lining here is what happened in Kansas versus what happened in Indiana. When the people have a say, much like when Bernie ran against Hillary in 2016, when the rank and file union members could vote, they always voted to endorse Bernie. And when only the board, you know, the shareholders, if you will, were allowed to vote, then they voted for Hillary. To me, that tells you everything you need to know. And I think right now people are getting upset with the way things are going and I don't blame them. They should be. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I don't know if it's Jesus or Jesus saying let's go to war and anyone over 60 must be the first in first line of defense. I actually think we need to start with the Congress people and their children and grandchildren. Um, to thing. me, anybody this, who, yeah. This happened with, uh, well, that's why one of Michael Moore's best movies was Fahrenheit 9-11, because he pointed that out. 
that they're all voting for war, but they would never vote to send their kids to war ever. No. The last the last time that that really ever happened was during Vietnam. And that should have been the last war, but it wasn't. You know? That wasn't even technically a real war either. I guess not. Yeah, I, I, I do think that the people that decide for our country to go to war should be their children and grandchildren should be the first person that go, first people that go. Um, I think, and that's how we'll know how, how much they really think we should do that. I think Paul makes a really good point. There is this sort of idea of like it's falling true. dreams, um, yeah. not being, um, and I think, I, and I think Michael Moore's best movie is Sicko, actually. Um, I disagree. But I do think that so much of what you get with people who say, just take your crumbs are there. There is obviously that class of people who are just very comfortable, uh, and I think ultimately yeah. you also have people that have wanted things in their lives, maybe have fought for a lot of things during the 60s, maybe even the 70s, and it didn't happen. And so today their attitude towards the youth is, oh, don't waste your time. It's not going to happen. If I couldn't do it, you're not going to do it. So just be thankful for anything that you get. And that's not the right attitude. The right attitude is to say, I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees because that's the way it has to be. People and I think become, for me, it was Bowling for Columbine, but that's just me. Sure. It was a good film. Yeah. Martha Washington Party, Jen. Make a bad I joint. don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound like anything that has ballot access where I live, because I've never heard of it. We're going to probably do uh, one more show tomorrow, and then we may be off until next Monday. We'll see how things go during the week. Maybe I'll do a pontificating with Pete. I got to address Bruce Springsteen, not tonight, but I will do that very okay, soon. Okay, yeah, you know what, though? Before you do that, you and I should talk about your pal Bruce, okay? Because yeah. you're going to need to have a real come-to-Jesus moment about this. And I, yeah, I know it's very, a tough pill for you. But yeah, it's, it's been a huge letdown. You're going to have to deal. Bruce became a... Bruce became everything he swore he'd never become. What's even more amazing is that he waited until his seventies in order to fo- to walk down that road. Or at least uh, as far as you really know, yeah, you maybe. don't know how he votes. You don't know who he donates money to. You don't know a lot of that stuff. You just know an image that you like and think of him that way. And now clearly you've had your bubble burst. You look like a sad little, you look like you didn't get what you wanted on Christmas. Like you look a well, little sad. Most of them are all full of it anyway. When when Bruce didn't come out for Bernie in 2016, I thought that that was really, that was kind of the first true sign of, yeah, he sings about this stuff. He cares about this stuff, but he's not really willing to do what's necessary when all the chips are on the table. It was nice that Stephen Van Zandt endorsed Bernie, but that doesn't mean anything. Okay, but let us not forget that Mellencamp endorsed Mayo Pete. Oh, yeah. Our heartland heartland working class idols aren't really working class, are they? (laughs) They're the furthest thing from it. I mean, mean, listen, when it's all said and done, Bruce will probably be a billionaire. Look at this. You see that? Yeah, I did see it. How do you feel about that? He ain't getting my money. And it's a shame. I actually really do feel bad for you because I know that this has to be hard. 
look, if he was charging what he was charging for people to see him on Broadway, which is crazy, but I don't even understand what his motivation is at this point. He's worth over half a billion dollars. Like, what What are you trying well, to- Well, and here's something interesting, and you always hate on Barbara, and you always hate her and, and all that stuff, but do you know the only times that she's ever performed, she's donated all, like, in the past, let's say, 30 years, um, it's always donated. She doesn't ever make money from performing. She donates all of it. So she does charge very high ticket prices, but it all goes to charity. And so all of her concerts are benefits. And that's like, you you can mock her, but I got to tell you, I prefer paying a shit ton of money to someone knowing it's going to charity than I would otherwise. I just don't like her. And that's that. I so. know, but... Let's not have a let's not have a drag out conversation now. We appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed. It was a last minute decision. I hope uh, maybe that's just sort of the format that we need to do is uh, when a hot topic comes about, we got to talk about it. We had a decent showing tonight. Hope you guys liked it, even though we it was just us uh, talking back and forth uh, every once in a while. I think that's good. And make sure to hit the like and subscribe button. As you guys know, it's very important. But also. And I cannot stress this enough. As you know, we have a great show that requires the support of you guys if we're going to Yes, expand. Stuart, if you're still there, you could be a patron. $5 a month, I know you could do it. You could do $25 a month, Stu. With you all could, the- Stuart. You do $25 a month. Show them the shirt. Get a shirt. Get it. Here comes the sun. And you're supporting and- the great part. You're not trying to help us put food on the table. What you're doing is helping us support the community, support non-corporate candidates, do the things that, frankly, most people should be doing, but we actually stick to our word and do what's necessary. Uh, yeah, yes, he did, TM. Uh, but yes, if you would consider becoming a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash generational change or, Jen, what is our cash app? Dollar sign, Jen change. Jen one and change. And that, guys, any money that comes through our podcast, um, it really does go to all the stuff that we do for service. We don't take a salary. We do occasionally try to pay the people that are working for us in terms of helping with video stuff. But for the most part, your money goes to homeless care packs um, and donations to things like local community gardens. And, uh, you know, and we're going to be having a whole new I got to sit down and really go over what our what we're going to be doing as far as service when, you know, if we get back in, in the fall in the groove, but there will be food distributions. There will be all sorts of things. That sounds great. Aim Williamson. Great to have you here. Thanks for checking in. Uh, Paul is the man. He does a lot of great things uh, supporting our channel. Uh, maybe we uh, might need a mod at some point, but I think we do okay on our own. We're not big enough yet, but maybe we'll get there one day. We'll see what happens, but we really appreciate your support. Hope that you guys. How about black owned businesses? I'm all in favor of them. We support them all the time. We support. Well, we're small business. We're very um, big proponents of small business. We do regular small business canvassing. We promote small businesses. So, um, and then, yeah, obviously I I do like, would give special attention to minority owned businesses uh, whenever we can. And. Thank you, Marcos. Um, last thing before we go, Jen, speaking of small business, uh, TM, this is why we love you, babe. Thank you Thank so much. You. Really means a lot. And again, you don't have to Thank donate you. $20, guys. Five bucks, no. two bucks, you know, whatever. 
everything adds up. And again, yeah, it's but I just good. people, I don't want anybody to think that we have some sort of grip. Like people, we are so hand to mouth. We didn't like, actually, we don't actually know TM personally. We didn't text us be like, hey, listen, at the end of the show, you know, make sure you drop 20 bucks in and make people no, feel guilty. No, like but I appreciate it. It's helpful. It's helpful. We just we just did donate to um, oh, I can't remember Allison Miller. Yes, uh, running for state attorney in Pinellas and Pasco County. Yeah, Great state yeah, attorney. So we, if you haven't seen the podcast with her, and we have a couple of clips coming up, uh, make yeah. sure you check that out. You know, we're not, again, we believe in the bottom-up approach to politics. Uh, and yeah. last thing uh, before we go, uh, speaking of small business, uh, can you please let us know, how was that Japanese donut? Okay, so I've only been able to eat a couple of bites of it. It's waiting for me downstairs with a couple others. We got six of them to go. So I saw this place called uh, Mo- Mochi, Moki, I can't say it, Moki Dough. And it's donuts, but instead of like space, it's a rice. It sounds yep, like no, it's not miyagi. But, but it just looked really good. So, and anybody who knows me, like basically mm-hmm. deep fried dough is my thing. So it will deep fried a lot of things is my thing, but. That yeah, no, America. it's quite tasty. How did you know it was coconut? How did you know? Because I could see the coconut uh, pieces that were sprinkled on top. Oh, the flakes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, TM. And you know what? We're going to be improving our game. I just got Bernie a little bit of a facelift that's going to be coming in the mail. Really? Yes, I oh. got you a facelift. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, Oh, the dough shop. I'm in Boston right now and it's in the Back Bay area and it's called Moki, M-O-C-H-I, dough. And it's also, it's attached to a banh mi Vietnamese thing. So it's kind of Japanese donuts and Vietnamese food. And it was, we were only there for dessert, but it all looked really good. And the flavors were amazing looking and they look like they're very cool shaped donuts. Did you put, yes, Moki dough. Yes. And we'll it's put called Moki uh, Dough, and it's in the back bay in Boston. Miyagi Dough. No, not Miyagi Dough. Moki Dough. <laughs> so we're, we'll put a uh, back bay is a little elite. I, yeah, I we'll will say that. Up, we'll put a post up on Instagram and Facebook uh, tomorrow. So just be on the lookout for that, guys. Like Newberry comment. Street, Newberry and Gloucester. It's basically in, at, at Newberry and Gloucester is where Moki Dough is, and it's in like a downstairs, like a a seller store. It's very cute. You guys are not following us. Make sure you are following generational change on Instagram, on TikTok. So we'll start with that one. Make sure you know to follow us there. Oh, you really do need to have Renee change our outro. I don't know if she's willing to do it, if that's like a quick fix for her, but we need to what change our outro. No, no, no. It still has our old Twitter handle. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Jen Perlman on Facebook. And. Yeah, guys, follow us on social media. FL on Twitter. Right. We had to change our Twitter handle because it was GenFL23. Our district is no longer 23. Yeah, but we lost our blue check. We did lose our blue check, people. But what were we going to do? Stay GenFL23? I mean, that didn't make sense either. I guess. I mean. I'll figure it out down the road. With that said, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for your support. 
We will, I will be back tomorrow evening. Jen may jump on, may not. We'll see what happens. Uh, but thank you all for checking in. Uh, and obviously, TM and anybody else who's dropped in on Cash App or may potentially be going to patreon.com forward slash generational change to become a supporter. We really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much. And follow us on all our social media handles. You've got those all out there now. Hope you have a great evening. We'll see you soon. And remember, feel the burn, not me, us, now and always. Bernie fights for us, not for Just stop hating on Bernie. Good God, people. Well, they're terrible people. What can you do? They're really terrible people, Bernie. Oh, my God. You cannot help yourself. All right. Good night, guys. Bye, all. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.